He's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's the Mark K Show. Listen, like, share. Man, I, I keep missing that. <laughs> I'm going to get it one day. I keep it. It gets a little tough. It gets a little tough. One day I'm going to get it all situated so that, you know, I can, you, you can see exactly what's going on. What's up, everybody? This is uh, Mark K. This is the Mark K Show. And uh, what is today? Today's Thursday. This whole short week is throwing me off. So, you know, before before I say something stupid or, uh, you know, say happy Friday, whatever, let's just let's just jump right into it, shall we? We got three big things that you need to know today. Three. three. Facebook Live torture tape causes outrage and also a Twitter hashtag, which in turn causes more outrage. It's just outrage building upon outrage. Could this be the start of a brand new race war? We'll discuss that. Also, two, two. more fake news. One of the biggest story so far in 2017 is probably a hoax, yet everyone's been reporting it as absolutely true. I'll tell you which story it is and why it's probably fake news. Plus, one. one. Megan Kelly's exit makes way for a brand new shining star at Fox. They've named a successor. They've named the meat in the O'Reilly Hannity sandwich. We'll tell you who got that dream gig uh, coming up here in just a minute. But first, I want to I want to start talking to you. Uh, there are a couple of things we have to talk about. First of all, uh, there seems to be a lot of racial tension already this year. Years, I mean, and the years just started. The year is just, it's just begun. It's only a few days old. But so far, we've got, uh, we've got this one episode with the torture tape on Facebook or the, or the live broadcast of the torture of an innocent uh, white guy and people that are yelling and screaming at him, you know, F Donald Trump and they're shoving his head in the toilet. We're going to play a little bit of that for you. It's very disturbing. Very disturbing. But we've also got this less disturbing, less serious, and also very bizarre incident with former American Idol contestant Bo Bice. Did you hear? Do you guys know Bo Bice? Look, I pulled the uh, I pulled a video clip for you because first of all, I learned how to I learned how to pull these video clips. Bo Bice apparently was at the Atlanta Hartsfield Airport. He went to the Popeyes fried chicken and he ordered some chicken. He's standing there waiting for it. He had some he had some altercation with the woman who was working there, the black woman who was working there. Some of the other employees, also black, were making fun of his name. Apparently, calling him Bo Bo or Bo Head or 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 Bebo. I don't. I wasn't there. I'm reading about it all. I mean, it's, I'm like you, I'm getting it secondhand. And then when it was time for his food to be delivered, he overheard them say, whose food is this? And she goes, that white boy over there. And he got really upset, like really, really upset. He got his food, but he also got really upset. He took to Facebook, he wrote this big long diatribe about what had happened and how these Popeye's employees were ridiculing him and making fun of his name. And uh, then in the end, they called him a white boy. And he was so, so distraught so distraught by this that when he later appeared on the news to discuss the incident, Bobai started to cry. Listen, or watch this. And the fact that I've got to sit on TV and come down a notch and look like a petty little brat by tweeting and Facebooking this just to open up dialogue so we can have an adult conversation is ridiculous. In America, you should be ashamed. First of all, when did Bo Bice cut his hair? Because I'll be honest with you, totally didn't recognize him without the hair. When you have a signature style point like that, like really long, flowy hair, you might want to keep it as long as possible because that's how people are going to recognize. I mean, who's going to recognize Bo Bice? He just looks like some other dude in the Atlanta. He looks like every other guy in the Atlanta Hartsfield Airport. I'm sorry, every other white boy in the Atlanta Hartsfield Airport. He doesn't look like Bo Bice anymore. Uh, that's number one. Second of all, why does America have to be ashamed of itself? 
I don't understand that. I don't understand why. Why are we all supposed to hang our heads in shame because one lady at the Popeye's fried chicken made Bo Bice cry? Nicole Freeberg writes, who the hell is this person? Oh, I'm sorry. Who the heck is this person? Bo Bice, I should go back, was the, the first runner up on season four of American Idol. Here he is singing Drift Away. Now, you may remember season four of American Idol. That's the season that Carrie Underwood won. Carrie Underwood went on to become one of the most successful acts in country music history. Uh, still is. She's turning out hit after hit. She hosts the American Music Awards with the, or the uh, ACM Awards with, with Brad Paisley. And Bo Bice came in second. Seemed like a good dude. I think he had one radio hit, if you want to call he had, a, he had a song on the radio, and then we never kind of really heard from him again until this instant. Until this instant. And one of the things that was quizzical, he, he talked about how if the if the roles had been reversed, if he had called this this woman a, a black girl or a black chick, no one would buy tickets to his concerts anymore, and no one would buy his albums anymore. And I thought to myself, Bo Bice is still touring. He's he's worried about plummeting ticket sale. That's that's kind of an odd. That's odd. Uh, anyway, oh yeah. Now, now look. Now everyone in the comments is saying I remember him. Um, anyway, so so he got really upset. He took to Facebook, and then after that, a couple of things happened. He got a call from the vice president of Popeyes, and she apologized. They had a very nice conversation. He went on TMZ and he discussed how it had made him feel and how he doesn't think that there's any need for these racial tensions. And you know, he's just a dude in an airport, a little hungry, trying to get some fried chicken. Why? Why has he got to be ridiculed? Why? he got to made fun of be made fun of why does he have to be called out for the color of his skin i mean it's just he just wants some chicken uh by the way that popeye's fried chicken at hartsfield international airport in atlanta i've been to that terminal i've been to that airport several times i've walked by that popeye's fried chicken and it is i mean it is lousy with all kinds of people white people black people it is one of the most crowded restaurants in the entire like, I mean, I, I, to me, it's more of a descriptor. Think about it this way. I don't see that as a racially, uh, inst you know, like racial instigation or they're trying to instigate any kind of racial, uh, you know, conflict. I see it as a way of describing whose chicken it is. I mean, you're, you're there. You're like, hey, whose chicken is this? White boy at the end of the counter. Okay, great. Thanks. That's a description. He got the chicken. They didn't call him a stupid white boy or an ugly white boy or a washed up reality star white boy. They just called him some white boy that was ordered. If I went to this pop, let's say I was flying with uh, uh, LeBron James, uh, Pharrell, and Barack Obama. Okay. Let's say the four of us are taking a trip. We stop for a layover in Atlanta and we go get some, some chicken from Popeye's and my order comes up first. And someone says, whose chicken is this? If they looked at the four of us standing there and said, it's the white dude's chicken, I wouldn't take offense to that. I would just think that's the easiest way to describe me in the group of individuals. If they'd said, oh, it's the tall black dudes, you know, LeBron's getting his chicken first. If they said, it's the short guys, you know, that Pharrell's getting his chicken first. If they said, it's the dude with the salt and pepper hair who's played more golf in the last eight years than Tiger Woods then Barack Obama would be chowing down on his chicken and the other three of us would be... Let, I'm, see, again, I just think it's a way of describing somebody. There didn't seem to be any anger or angst. I, I mean, I, again, I wasn't there. Bo Bice took it very personally. He cried on television, which is a whole other situation. If you... I mean, why would you cry on Nash, on television about somebody at, the, at a chicken... I mean, you got your chicken, dude. You got a phone call from the VP. I think... 
I think it's all going to be okay. I think there may, there may be some other there may be some other underlying issue. What do you think? Do you think it's okay to you? Because here's the thing. Now here's something that because uh, we talked about this a little bit this morning before I I got on Facebook Live. I think that there's more offensive ways to describe somebody like ugly or fat or stupid or even you know bald. For some people, I, if I were standing there and they said, hey, whose chicken is this? And they pointed to me and said, the fat bald dude or the old bald fat guy or something like that. I'd have been like, I would have been offended. I would have been. That's much more offensive to me. Let me know. Let me know what you think. Uh, I'd say it's Mark chicken. You're not feeling this show today. Oh, I'm sorry, Lois. Mark, you may not have the con- correct context, especially since he had a confrontation previously. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Let's get let's get to the second instance, though, because the second instance, a little more serious. And that is this video that uh, I'm going to play Megyn Kelly's because we talked a little bit about Megyn Kelly yesterday. This is about the kidnapping and the torture of a white guy in Chicago. Breaking tonight, four people now in custody following a disturbing video posted to Facebook Live that showed a man being held hostage and apparently tortured in Chicago. We warn you, it is disturbing. Donald Trump, white people, boy. By the way, my sister says the same thing about my Facebook Live videos, but she's way more liberal than I am. Uh, but this is this is disturbing. This was a uh, from what and I've heard different reports. I've heard it was a mentally challenged uh, a boy. I've heard it was a, a man. I've heard it was, you know, all, really the only thing we know is that he was white and he was being tortured, and it was being broadcast live on Facebook. And the Chicago police, while they they have people in custody, have not released any mugshots or names or anything like that. And this is causing a big problem because people are saying, you know, this is a hate crime. Why isn't the media grasping onto this? Uh, why aren't the police out there uh, the way they are? You know, when uh, or you know, why aren't uh, groups out there protesting the police whenever there's an incident of of police brutality and and such and such? And this is this is going to be one of the the pinnacles of the year because you know. Everyone thought after the election, Barack Obama leaving, hopefully there wouldn't be any racial tensions, but it looks like there are, and the tides are turning, especially when you look at the video and you realize that not only is it racially motivated, but it appears to be politically motivated. I mean, they're yelling at this kid, F Donald Trump, and they're telling him to say this, and they've they've cut his head, and they're shoving his face in the toilet. And then on, on top of all that, they're broadcasting it live on Facebook, which I can only assume makes it really easy to find the culprits. Uh, people are coming down hard on the Chicago Police Department saying that they're actually trying to to to, to politicize this and, and, and clean it up quietly. They're trying to bottle it up so that it doesn't get any negative publicity, I'm assuming, especially since Barack Obama's set to make his final farewell speech in the city of Chicago, a city also not known to be, you know, the most pleasant place to live with all those, you know, murders and crimes and and uh, and then they've got the World Series, but that's about it. So the, the problem I have with this video or the problem I have with this particular crime is that they keep referring to it as a hate crime. And I've never understood why a hate crime is different from any other crime. And I feel that by by labeling something a hate crime or a racially motivated attack or anything like that, you're kind of actually feeding the frenzy. You're adding to the problem. Every crime... Every time somebody gets kidnapped or punched or cut or assaulted or just beat up, and I've been beat up a lot. <laughs> Trust me, I've been, I, got, I got beat up a lot. And before I was 20, oh my, I was, a, I was an expert at it. And every one of those instances, every crime has some kind of motivation behind it. But we don't specify the motive of every single crime. 
If it's an assault because somebody was trying to steal from you, or if it's an assault because they were mad at you, or if it's an assault because they were just drunk and stupid, or if it's an assault for, uh, you know, uh, retribution, anything at all, it's all still an assault. Why do you have to label it hate crime? It's a crime. It should be punished as such. When you go, you know, murder trials, every time there's a murder trial, there's first degree murder, second degree murder. I don't even think there's there. And then like manslaughter. And what they do is they look at the motive there. They look at the motive under the under the the uh, aspect of the crime, and they say, "Here's why this happened. Here's who did it, and here's the opportunity they have to do it, guilty or not guilty." Some people are saying on Facebook, uh, "It's a hate crime. No, if it's a if it's a hate crime, no motivation matters. It's a federal crime. You fool." Why are they trying to... Another example is trying to... Oh, I'm the fool. Okay. Uh, anytime you pick on someone out of hatred, it's a hate crime. Why didn't they... Okay. Here's the... Yeah, but I get all that. But here's the question. Why do you have to label it as such? Why is it different from any other crime? Why does it make it bad or worse? It should all be crime. It should all be looked at as something that's bad, something that's not good. And I think that when you start doing that, you're you're fanning the flames of hatred. It's only going to get worse. Arm yourselves. If... Yeah. Uh, they, they're, t they are talking a lot about how the, uh, if the roles had been reversed, if it had been, uh, four white kids and the uh, victim had been black, that it would have been all over the news that the police would have, you know, been doing press conferences and this, this, and that, you know, I'm assuming that's probably more true. Uh, but it is, it is a sad, sad world. Uh, we live in today. So anyway, that's those are the two big stories that are happening as far as uh, as far as the uh, the racial divide in this country. Uh, there was a Twitter hashtag this morning. People were calling it the BLM kidnapping, uh, and then of course that caused more controversy as uh, controversy as well because everyone's saying Black Lives Matter is not uh, an organization; it's an ideology, and and yada yada yada. All right. One other thing that we should mention today is is that Megyn Kelly, uh, we we talked about it yesterday, is stepping down. She's going to NBC. I think we played that clip yesterday. I'll be anchoring a daytime show there, along with a Sunday night news magazine, and you'll see me there on the big nights too for politics and such. Yeah, uh, and uh, she said, you know, I want to thank Fox News, NBC. We talked a little bit about who was going to jump into that slot, and we weren't sure how long it would take. But it seems that the uh, bigwigs at Fox News made up their mind really quickly. They announced, or they're about to announce, that Tucker Carlson is moving into the slot. Tucker Carlson is moving into that time frame. He will take Megyn Kelly's show, uh, and when she leaves at the end of the week, he will be sandwiched between... O'Reilly and Sean Hannity, which is, I mean, apparently his show's been doing great at seven o'clock. Now it's going to be moved up to nine o'clock, which is an even better time slot. It's prime time. So we'll see. Uh, we're going to see exactly what happens with Tucker Carlson. I, like I said, I believe that this is going to be the beginning of the next, this is a superstar role for him. And I don't think he's going to make the same mistake. First of all, I don't think Tucker Carlson is the kind of personality that any other network's going to want. I think he truly is conservative. And one of the reasons Megyn Kelly's probably eager to jump ship uh, for no more pay or no more money is because she didn't necessarily hold all the viewpoints and philosophies that the Fox News Channel did or the Fox News Network did. And that made it easier for She kept talking about what a difficult decision it was. I don't think it was that difficult. I think she's maybe looking forward to working with more like-minded people. I think she's looking forward to going out and, and uh, creating news quote unquote, with people that share her viewpoint that's a little bit more antagonistic of the right than uh, than it is of the left. Whereas Tucker Carlson, he's going to slide right into that spot perfectly because his his ideology, his personal ideology and belief system is more in line with the people that watch the network. So it looks like he's just gotten a dream gig. And as long as he doesn't screw it up, as long as he doesn't do anything stupid, uh, you know, he should be there for the long haul. Um, again, there, there's still rumors that Bill O'Reilly is going to be leaving. And I'm not really sure 
I'm not really sure if that's going to happen or not. All right. One more thing I want to talk about here quickly before we wrap this up is uh, this this fake news. And let's talk about fake news a little bit. There's always this big, you know, there's always this big push about what's real, what's fake, what's uh, what's being pushed for some kind of agenda. And one thing that we should talk about are hoaxes, because ho- apparently uh, there's there's conspiracy theories, there's hoaxes, there's fake news. And in between the three, there's, you know, there's differences and similarities, but I believe hoaxes should fall under the fake news category. And for some reason, people, they don't. The the most recent is this baby uh, savior, the twin baby who saved his little brother. It's the biggest story so far of 2017. It was a video that went viral just a few days ago. And if you watch the video, you'll see it's uh, two toddlers. They're two years old. They're twin brothers. They're in their bedroom. There's a dresser of drawers. They open up. They start climbing on the drawers the way babies do. And one of the babies climbs in the drawer. The dresser topples over. It looks like a horrifying situation. And all of a sudden, the other twin brother, two years old, starts walking around, figures out how to lift the dresser off of his brother and rescues his brother from this dresser. And this video, this video just went ridiculously viral. And everyone was saying, oh, my God, this is amazing. Every news outlet, every news organization was showing this video. You couldn't go on Facebook. You couldn't go on Facebook without seeing this video at the top of your news feed. People were sharing it. They were tweeting it. They were discussing it. Oh, my God, this is great. This father, what a hero he is for coming forward. And he's being able to say, uh, you know, oh, look, look, my kids, you know, I, I was I was scared to show this because I didn't want people to judge me. But now look at, you know, how great my kids are. It turns out that this may not be all of the story. It, the people are claiming this is a hoax. I have the video here. Let me play it. And let me kind of show you why people have picked it apart as a hoax. Here are the kids. Now, you'll see the first thing they're saying is, look at the drawers. The drawers are empty. And all, oh, here's, okay, so the thing comes crashing down on the baby. So the drawers were empty, if you noticed. And this thing comes down on the kid. And now here's the brother. And he's going to try to push the thing off of his brother. And he walks around here. Notice where the camera is. The camera isn't focused on the crib. The camera's focused actually more on the drawers themselves. Now, some people might say it's focused where you can see the whole room, but here's the crib. The camera's way over here in the corner. And this kid here eventually is going to figure out how to get this thing off of his brother. His brother is luckily okay. Now, also keep in mind, we've been watching this video for almost half a minute, 45 seconds, maybe a minute almost. This thing came crashing down and no adult has come into the room. No one's obviously watching this baby cam. Nobody is listening to what's going on. These kids are trapped. Uh, it looks like there's some kind of speaker system here, too. Where are the adults? Where, who's on the other side of the camera? If this is truly a, a recorded... Oh, now the kid's jumping. That's not going to help. Don't do that. You got to push it off. So then what the kid does is he goes on the other side. He hears his brother crying. And he eventually lifts, uh, he eventually lifts this thing off of his brother. But for all these various reasons, people are saying this is a hoax. Now... The other thing is the dad, apparently we found out, works at the company who created the baby camera system. So it seems a little fishy because this video shows how important it is to monitor your children at all times. And guess what the guy who created the video does? Sells baby cameras. Uh, so if you look at all this stuff, the camera being not on the TV, you have the empty drawers, which was my first clue. And now you have the dad being a camera salesman, plus nobody rushing to help. You have to stop and think to yourself, is this really a hoax? Who has a dresser in a baby's room that's with empty drawers in it? 
especially if the kids are two years old. Uh, So this is something else. Now, if this is fake news, here's the question. Will there be outrage? Will there be some kind of investigation? Will Hillary Clinton come after these people and say, this is the proliferation of fake news. We need to get to the bottom of it. We need to see, are the Russians behind this? You know, what's the problem? Is this a WikiLeaks investigation? Uh, Kim says it's a little shady. Amy says, but who's to say there isn't a second camera that is pointed at the other part of the room? Uh, who made the video and didn't get in there? That's the first thing I thought of, too, because when you're a parent, if you hear, I mean, my kids are 10 and 9 now, almost, 10 and 8, and when I hear a loud noise, the first thing I do instinctively is jump up from wherever I am, like right now, for example, if I, if you, if there were a loud noise in the other room, I'd be, I'd, you'd be staring at a, at a, uh, wooden wall, because my butt would be up and out of the door, trying to investigate, trying to figure out what was happening, trying to figure out what's going on, and there's no one coming in. There's no one coming in to rescue these children, to see what's happening. I mean, this poor little kid has to set it up, you know, has to save his brother on his own. Now, the question I'm asking is, all right, let's, uh, you know, let's say, how did they train this kid to lift it up? Or why would they put their own baby in danger? So hopefully it is just, hopefully they're just irresponsible parents and not just like ridiculously irresponsible parents. But again, we're going to hear, I find more about that. You're great, Mark. Oh, and I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure glad I'm, uh, you think so. Maybe you're, you're, you're with like, you know, you're, you're almost in the majority. I've heard Fox offered her 20 million to stay. Guess it wasn't what she wanted. I did hear that too. Uh, it's back to Megyn Kelly. I heard she was offered like a hundred million over the next three or four years and she turned it down, which again leads me to believe that this is more politically motivated than anything else. It would have been better if you had your show on Fox, you would rock. Yeah, but then I'd have to move to New York and the cost of living there is ridiculously high and the taxes are like 65%. Who needs any of that? Uh, because, Okay. Let's get back. So who will be in the seven o'clock spot? Oh, that's a great question. So every time somebody moves on, Megyn Kelly moves on, uh, you know, Fox News has to find somebody to fill her spot. They pick Tucker Carlson. Now there's a big opening at 7 p.m. Who's going to fill that slot? That's a great question. We don't know. We don't know. I'm sure what they're going to do is they're going to go back to their bench. They're going to filter through all their personalities. They're going to talk to people. They're going to see what their budget allows. They're going to look at focus groups and see who's the most popular. And then they're going to uh, then they're going to put somebody. They're going to insert somebody, if you will, into Tucker Carlson's spot and hope that they do well. And then when when O'Reilly leaves, because eventually, because he's he's talked about retiring forever. Uh, maybe the, you know then maybe they move Tucker into his spot, give someone else the nine. It's always it's a fluctuating system. There's always people coming in and always people coming out. People, uh, Tommy Lauren, you people are in love with Tommy Lauren. I love it. The uh, all right, let's get back to some of your comments here. So we've covered we've covered a lot of ground and we did it really quickly. And I know and I uh, and I appreciate that. I know a lot of people are saying this is uh, people are kind of all over the place in the comments. The kids are sick. Their community is sick. The race pimps have failed these kids. As for Miss Kelly, who gives a damn? Cherry, tell us how you really feel. I really appreciate it. I appreciate these comments, by the way. And I do appreciate everyone who shares this broadcast. Sharing this broadcast is very helpful because it helps us grow. And uh, every single day that I come in here and broadcast and you help it by sharing it and liking it, we get more and more people coming back. And that way we can do more incredible things, um, you know, over, over the course of the broadcast. Uh, also, I, I should point out that I, I talked yesterday about the, uh, the term limits bill. 
uh, or the term limits amendment to the Constitution. Ron DeSantis, congressman from uh, here in Florida, is going to be on the show. He was supposed to be on this morning. He had to he had to push it back, actually, which is why I have to wrap this up in just a few minutes. Um, he had to push back a little bit because it's congressional business. I mean, I guess I guess they're actually trying to do stuff now. Uh, but we're going to talk to him. I'm going to talk to him this afternoon, and then I will play that back for you tomorrow. We're going to talk about these congressional ter- term limits. We're going to talk about how important they are, why they should be there, what it's going to take to get this done. I mean, you're talking about a constitutional amendment that these guys are proposing, Ted Cruz and uh, and Congressman uh, Ron DeSantis. So we're going to see just how difficult that's going to be. And then, you know, uh, we'll see if it's if it's in cahoots with Donald Trump, because Donald Trump is the first person who came out recently and said, we need to drain the swamp. We need term. I mean, he was directly attacking the people in Congress and Senate who were directly attacking him. It was it was basically came about when uh, the whole drain the swamp uh, mentality, the whole drain the swamp catchphrase and the idea of term limits that all started when Donald Trump started losing support after the Billy Bush tape. Do you remember that? The Billy Bush grabbed the you know what tape on the on the Access Hollywood bus came out. And then all of a sudden, senators and Congress people who'd supported Donald Trump and claimed support from started pulling and they started those videos where they said, I have a wife and two daughters and all this. And I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? I don't understand the whole wife and two daughters thing. What so people without wives and two daughters should still anyway? Uh, but that's what happened. And when that when all that started falling apart, Donald Trump started saying, "Let's just drain the swamp. Let's get everybody out. Th- let's get everyone out there who's been there too long, who's jaded, who's corrupt, who's an elitist, who's part of the system. All of the Hillary Clintons and all of the all of the John McCain's and all of the John Kerry's of the world. The people who rely on political donors to to for their livelihood. The people who basically buy and sell Washington because that's." The the only way they can set up retirement for themselves. Those are the people that need to go. And the less time you spend in Washington, the less influence you have, the less power you have, and the less ability you have to manipulate the system for your own personal gain. And that's why these term limits are so exciting. By the way, if you have a question that you want me to ask Ron DeSantis, who's co-sponsoring this amendment uh, with Ted Cruz, then you know go ahead and, and drop it in the comments. Because it, here's my first question. As a congressman or as a senator, you're basically putting a cap on the amount of time you can do your own job. I mean, think about that. Think about that. Think about the patriotism it takes to say, I love my job. I love what I do. I've called to be here. I'm called to be here. And the, and one of the things I want to do while I'm here is make sure that I can't be here forever. I mean, it's really, it's really, it's an interesting tactic and thought process. And that's one of the things I'm going to ask. Um, that's one of the things I definitely want to ask. Uh, the Senator, um, I'm sorry, Congressman DeSantis, when he gets on here, bring Sean Hannity to seven o'clock. Sean Hannity would never do that because he has a radio show till six. That man's got to eat. He's got to change, got to get hair and makeup done. Probably has to do some show prep. If anything, they would move him till, to nine eventually, but I think he, he's comfortable where he is. McCain and Graham need to go. Man, they have been there forever, haven't they? That's kind of what I think too. Like, I've, and I'm going to ask him this because if I'm, here's how I picture this happening. Ron DeSantis is home for Christmas with his family, just chilling, having some eggnog. He gets back to work. He walks onto the, the floor of the house and he sees, I don't know, Nancy Pelosi. And he looks at her and the first thing he thinks is term limits. Item number one. <laughs> and he calls up Ted. He's like, Ted, 
we got we got to get these people out of here. And Ted's like, yeah, I hear you, brother. I hear you. Anyway, so that's kind of what I, that's my thought. That's how I think it went down. He probably has some different explanation. Um, we'll talk to him a little, I'll talk to him today and then I'll play that back for you tomorrow. Leave your comments though. Leave your thoughts and let me know what you think about any of these, uh, any and all of these uh, topics that we've talked about, any of these situations and anything that that's on your mind for tomorrow. Ryan is a POS. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. What do you mean by POS, Cindy? I'm kidding. Thank you for Thank you for uh, censoring yourself. We definitely, we need term caps. Keeps our Congress and our Senate from getting too greedy and leading them astray from the purpose of them being in office and not the purpose of money from special interests. Thanks for another great show. Oh, Lisa, you're so welcome. I know this one was short. Uh, here's the thing. I'm still working this out because usually when I, when I fill in for Herman or when I do my own show, I come up with this amount of content. And what happens is it lasts an hour, but that's because we play 20 minutes worth of commercials. Now, when I come up with this amount of content, it only lasts about 30 or 40 minutes because there's no commercials. So I could either A, come up with more content or B, play commercials. But I don't want to, I don't want to do that. So uh, we'll just, we'll quit while we're ahead. If you don't yet follow me on Snapchat, do so because that's a great way for me to get your audio comments. There's another app called Anchor. If you want to download Anchor, I ask a lot of questions on Anchor, and that's another way. It's like audio Twitter, so you can go on there and you can you can send me comments, which would be great too, and uh, or you can just you know tweet me, text me, send me an email, and we'll uh, and we'll communicate that way. All right, I'll be back tomorrow with Congressman Ron DeSantis to talk about his amendment to uh, create term limits for Congress and the Senate. Love you guys. Bye.